Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Uh uh-uh. uh. I won't buy other people's books. That's, that's hard. A- that's like buying other people's I know. underwear. Underwear. <laughs> you can't buy a underwear. book girl a book. I know it sounds like a weird. No, that makes perfectly yeah, good sense. To like, me. That's like buying perfume for someone. That'd be like me mm-hmm. buying my son's girlfriend underwear for her stocking. Yeah. I thought about that because I get Tyler underwear for his stocking every year. And I'm like, I can't, I, I'll buy her socks, but I can't buy her underwear. That is, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit too personal. Yeah. I don't know what you get. A, what do you get a book? Get girl? her some socks. Get her book socks. Oh, I got that covered. They have cute book socks now. I always have a pair of book socks. That's what I get from my pals every year. And I love them. That's a good suggestion. Well, I'm making things. So oh, I know. I'm we amazing. Need to think of something for me to make that's small enough that I can make enough yeah, of them. What's wrong weekend. with the penis cozy? Everybody <gasps> needs one you of You need to make her <laughs> a penis <laughs> cozy? A penis cozy. Can I do I need to make the penis to go with the penis cozy? No. no. She's I, got a penis. A husband. He'll her husband will put it on. She's got a husband with a penis. I can't there make her go. a penis cozy. Okay. That's weird. Her <laughs> husband's going to think that I'm some kind of freak. <laughs> <laughs> Ron certainly wouldn't wear one, so don't make me one. <laughs> He'd be, you know, I don't know, it's kind of kinky. Make me one. I, I'm going to be, Bonnie's going to shake in penis cozies while we're doing the podcast. Bonnie's got a good business model going. Three book girls, penis cozies for Yay. everyone. Woo! <laughs> It can double as a bookmark. Just shut it. <laughs> I have our first commercial. Do you know someone who loves books and has a penis? I've got a product for you. <laughs> Here's a way to keep your penis warm on those cold book nights. But wait, there's more. All you have to do is pull this simple string and then boom, you have a bookmark too. Bookmark, it's perfect. Just snap this little snap. Oh, I think that don't get it sticky, otherwise it's gonna your pages will stick together. You can wash it. It is washable, one hundred percent machine washable. (laughs) Just watch for shrinkage. (laughs) Shrinkage not guaranteed. All right. I think I think we better move along to books now before I choke on my own spit again. what we do here we talk about books here yeah sometimes that's not what i was told occasionally not just penises no Uh, although 99.9 percent of the time we talk about penises on this podcast i think i think we all have a little bit of penis envy I mean, yep. how awesome would it be to be able to stand up and pee? I would love that. I was just going to say, yeah. Thank you. Without how getting awesome that funnel would that thing. be? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. It would be awesome. And to just have to like shake it once and not I'd have to like wipe. A, yeah, but detachable would we be would better. We would shave money on toilet paper like crazy. <laughs> I know, right? 
Detachable would be better because, you know, when it gets excited, it just goes right out there in front. I wouldn't like that. You want a detachable penis? Well, yeah. Why not? Well, I have one of those in my drawer at home. (laughs) (laughs) Evolution's working on that one. I think Alexa's listening. Well, why not make life... Alexa, buy us a detachable penis. (laughs) Alexa, is there such a thing as a detachable penis? <laughs> well, I'm gonna Google it. So, yay! Alexa oh, is judging us right now. You got to get on the bandwagon, Vonnie, because there are a lot of these on Etsy. Rachel, you're not even looking at it. Look what I found for what? you. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm looking for detachable penises. Well, I don't think they have any. Hey, yeah, where... I don't think that's a thing. What they have a strap point? on though that's kind of the same well, thing yeah but you couldn't pee through it so what the i point? know i know that's what i'm saying wait wait wait, wait, wait. there's a lot of penis cozies um mainly for covering the penis when not in use what the hell? excuse me <laughs> <laughs> did, um, did y'all know there's a song by an artist called king missile and here are some lyrics i love them lyrics I will- I woke up this morning with a bad hangover and my penis was missing again. This happens all the time. It's detachable. Yes. <laughs> it's detachable? <laughs> That's the lyrics of the song? I yeah. forgot all about that. Yes, King Missiles. It is. That's the name of the song. <laughs> I know. I, dude, I, I used to, back when I was young, they were my jam. I forgot all about that song. Alexa just died. That was just one thing. She doesn't want to play detachable. She was was done with us. (laughs) She's like, I can't listen to these bitches anymore. They have one that looks like a snake. (laughs) They have. um, Snake in the grass. I don't know. They have a rainbow one. I could do a rainbow one. Ooh, I like that. They have one. They have one that's called a, a pecker mitten. A pecker mitten. <laughs> I think a pecker mitten is is a great gift. Willie Warmer. What's that? Warmer. What's that song called again, Rachel? Detachable uh, penis. Detachable penis. By King Missile, baby. Alexa, wake up. She says no. I don't want to. The one in the kitchen is answering me. <laughs> I have sure the door that shut. To me all the time. Ron's going to walk in and it's going to be singing something about a detachable penis. And he's gonna be like, what the hell's going on? Alexa. Alexa. Play Detachable Penis by King Missile. Detachable Penis isn't included with Prime, but is available with Amazon Music on the internet. Play over 60 million songs on this Echo Spot with Amazon Music. It's free for 30 Alexa, dismiss. <laughs> you just wanted to hear her say the song Detachable Penis by King Missile on Amazon Music. That's Jimmy Olsen's That's Blues! Hey, this is a jamming song. It's one of my favorites, actually. Woo! Alexa, dismiss. You just wanted to hear Alexa say detachable penis. Yeah, you're kind of right. I did. It was fun. <laughs> Can we talk about books now while you guys look up penis cozies, please? Wait, I'm trying Dick to... mittens or whatever you want to call it. I really wanted to find an actual detachable penis, but the only thing that kept coming up was that song. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm trying to see if they have detached, if they have penis patterns on YouTube. Penis patterns? Penis pa- That's hard to say. Penis patterns on YouTube. 
<laughs> wonder if Ravelry has any. Crochet penis cozies. <laughs> Jesus. Free pattern. They uh, have a plush penis. Nice. No. What purpose a is that A plush penis for? has no purpose. It even Seriously. has eyes. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case you want to snuggle up to your penis at night. I, I do no snuggle up to, to snuggle. my penis at night, but he doesn't have any eyes. The penis <laughs> has no eyes. Ron doesn't have eyes. No, the penis doesn't have eyes. A head, <laughs> yes, but no eyes. They have one, but it, it's not very. It has one eye. <laughs> That's why they call it the one-eyed trouser snake. <laughs> Oh, here's one. Oh, dear All dog. right, Vonnie, you got you got we have to Vonnie has to start. We have oh my god, busy. okay, okay. We have okay. to transition from penis warmers to World War II books. No, this isn't a World War II book. <laughs> oh, okay. So World War One. Duh. <laughs> Come on, Martha. <laughs> no, this is one that Martha recommended to me, so oh, it is not really a really? historical. Fiction. I did. I recommended a book to Vonnie. So if she hated it, that's all on you. She's like, this is too much here take i it. couldn't i couldn't read it because they had too much math in it so this has too much math but you were gonna read a physics book what the hell is that about i know it didn't right? have any math in it what the physics book <laughs> thank you rachel have... it didn't physics concepts math. concepts involving math but not they're concepts mm. about mathematical equations yeah but that's different it's math it's it different. Not different it's not different it's not by different. the way hold on one second i need to say this very clearly megan i have a problem with you telling martha to hold off on the astrophysics book until you were gone because that's not fair to some of us who sub in for you rude <laughs> <laughs> okay fine don't ever read the astrophysics book when i'm here i'm stupid <laughs> i'm not gonna talk about the astrophysics book you guys oh, are bummer. just you guys are just if i have security cat if i have all. to skip over yes. some of my war books for you fine. you can skip over the astrophysics it's fine. not like you haven't read five other books fine this I week. am a scaredy cat. I fully admit it. Dude, it was an excellent book. I'm talking about it on the end of the year. Okay. I won't explain it because... <laughs> you It'll know. just be that astrophysicist book that nobody heard about. Hey, it was in the Goodreads books of I the did. year. I did. I just meant here, Fine. not in the world. Fine. <laughs> Martha, Whatever. Talk about that astrophysics book. Nah, it's all right. I'm to listen to it. Fine. Okay, Go ahead, Bonnie. Bonnie. Now that Keith has her, has aired her grievances. It is Festivus, though. So airing of the grievances is part of the process. Thank you, Keith. Festivus. Yep. Festivus for the rest of us. Yep. This week, I read The Talented Miss Farwell. It's written by Emily Gray Tedrow. And this is a book about a girl named Becky Farwell. And it's kind of about her life. And when it starts out, she's like 14. Her mom had died when she was pretty young from cancer. So it's just her and her dad. Her dad has a struggling business where he sells farm equipment. Um, they live in a small town in Illinois. Right, Illinois? Woohoo! I didn't put the S on it. Damn it. There's no noise in Illinois. <laughs> there is. And uh, 
She's um, always been like super smart and over an achiever in school, but in a school as small as she goes to, it's really not that difficult. And a lot of times she just rides under the radar because she's smart enough that none of the teachers bother her or anything. And she kind of likes it that way. She only has a couple teachers that kind of challenge her. And she kind of likes that and kind of doesn't it the same way. She, She likes to like do her own thing. Basically, she's she's kind of a loner. After she gets out of high school, of course, you know, her family's pretty poor. She doesn't really have money to go to college or anything. So she gets a job at the um, at City Hall and, uh, you know, just working at City Hall, doing accounting kind of stuff. And pretty soon she notices like there's a lot of mistakes made in the accounts and she points a lot of them out. And, you know, they fix them like they 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 double pay a lot of the vendors and stuff like that. Well, one time they do that, they double pay one of the vendors and she doesn't have time to tell her boss about it. So she kind of just slips it in her drawer and doesn't say anything about it. And then that weekend she goes to like this. I don't know if it was like an it was, art show. It was No, the first one was a garage sale. No, the garage sale was later. Was it? It was the one that she bought for five hundred dollars. The first one. So she kind of goes to like this art show and, and, or it's not an art show, it's a museum. She goes into this museum and I think she just goes in like, did you use the bathroom or something? She doesn't go in really to look at the art and she kind of starts looking around and she finds this painting that she really, really likes. It just, one of those ones that just kind of speaks to her. And it just happens that the price of this painting is the exact same price of the double payment that she had put in her drawer that Friday before she went home. So she uses that money to buy the painting instead of telling her boss and putting it back into the account and gets away with it. So then this starts a pattern of her embezzling or skimming off the top is what she calls it to these accounts. And she makes up a dummy checking account in a business name that she can funnel all this money to and she starts buying and selling art she basically becomes an art dealer and she's so she's living like this double life where she's working at city hall in this small town but then she also has an apartment in chicago and goes to new york city all the time to buy and sell like art that's worth like thousands of dollars and the whole time she's skimming off the top of the funds that are supposed to go to this town to buy and sell this art the whole time saying I'm gonna you know pay this back and and she does in parts like the the city or the school didn't have enough money to throw a prom one year so she paid for the prom out of you know her art money So, and this goes on for a long time and you kind of see like her methods of how she buries the amounts of the money that she's taking and everything else. And it, it it was interesting. It was really interesting. And the whole time you're reading it, you're like, what's going to happen that she's going to get caught. And it's not like she's overly cocky or anything like at city hall or anything like that. She's She's still a pretty down-to-earth person. And I think that's one of the reasons why it saves her, why she gets away with it. 
for as long as she does. It's like a true double life, though, because she is this really super smart accounting type of person. Right. And she, the whole art thing sort of just hit her like in the face with a hammer. She didn't realize that she was going to, that was, wasn't something that she had ever known about herself or planned. No, she didn't plan it. But when she started it, it kind of fit. She really had an eye for the art and an eye for what was going to gain value. I mean, she was super smart. Mm -hmm. I mean, really smart. If only she would have used her genius for good instead of (laughs) evil. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty good book. But like I said, she's a loner and she's living this double life. And, and she even has a different name for like her art world versus her real life. Yeah. Uh, the reason was, I thought Vonnie would like it is because it it talked a lot about her methodical side. And Vonnie Vonnie's personality is a lot like the methodical, you know, careful and smart about money and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Like it delved into those things a lot more than I could understand, which yeah. is why I thought Lonnie would like it. And making sure that everything looks exactly like it should so that she doesn't get caught, which is something I was very good at when I was little, when I was younger. <laughs> because I know my mom said one time when we were all sitting around, she's like, well, Vonnie never gotten in trouble. She never told me a lie. And I'm like, that you know of I was always really good at covering my tracks and so was so was um Becky Farwell in this book like like a hundred times better than I would ever be I'm not saying that I could ever do what she was doing and I I wouldn't but my gosh I was so nervous for her the whole time I was was. totally nervous for her because I kept thinking she was it was gonna fall apart at any minute yeah. And I kept just thinking like, this is one of those books that I would talk to and I'd be like, dude, dude, you got to just sell it all. Get out, get out now. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. The ending kind of ended, didn't really end in a bang. I mean, it did wrap it up and everything and, and everything, but you kind of knew where it was leading the whole time, but it was still, it was still good. I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed parts of it very much. I think the ending probably could have been a little bit better. It's definitely worth the read and it did some things up. It didn't leave it on a cliff or anything like that. So, so yeah, it was, it was really decent. I'd give it a four, definitely a four. And that was called The Talented Miss Farwell by Emily Gray Tedrow. Awesome. Rachel, I'm assuming you you get to go next. Um, I can go next unless Keith wants to. Go ahead. All right. So the book that I read this week, um, I actually read because it kept popping up on Amazon. Um, so it just, I had never heard of the author before. So I read The Housekeeper by Natalie Borelli. Um, a fairly new book. It was first published Halloween of 2019. The thing that intrigued me about it is on the cover, it says, she's a liar, she's a stalker, she's in your house. And so my mind went immediately to single white female. Loved that movie. That was a good movie. It was a good movie. 
uh, so our our main character, her name is Claire, and what you learn about Claire, um, pretty much right in the beginning, is that her family used to have money. They used to be very very well off, but that something happened in with her parents that caused them to lose everything and both of her parents very quickly after that um were deceased for different reasons and you learn all about that throughout the book and claire blames one woman for that whole thing and that two these two women are the who the whole book is centered around but mainly claire so essentially you have Claire who remembers everything, at least the way she remembers it and sort of wants a little bit of revenge. And then you have the other lady whose name is Hannah. And, um, you know, Hannah is married to a rich guy and all this kind of stuff. But as you get into the house and you get deeper into the story, everything's told by Claire and as with a lot of my books, nothing is what it seems <laughs> and things. Um, this book definitely did take a bit of a twist. Um, was it the most well-written twist? No. Was it my favorite book of the year? Not so much. But I think it had some really good elements to it. Uh, Claire, for me, was extremely unlikable, <laughs> uh, which I don't necessarily mind, but I thought it was just an okay read. I gave it three stars. Uh, it got a lot of hype, though, from what I was seeing. Like, I kept seeing it. On, it was pushed on Amazon, and a bunch of people reviewed it. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to check it out. And that is one of the reasons that I don't tend to read as many hyped books like that, is it just didn't really measure up to what I kind of thought it was. Uh, I'm not sorry I read it, though. And I would read more by the author. Um, it did definitely have some twisty turny moments where I kind of thought I knew what was going on and then didn't. But overall, I think it was it was good. Uh, would I rush out and buy it right away? No. <laughs> so probably like a three. Yeah. Yeah. It just middle of the road uh, kind of book. It, it was it definitely it was easy to get through. I think it was well written. Uh, there wasn't anything glaringly wrong with that. But um, it might honestly be a really good palate cleanser if you're looking for that type of book. I know a lot of us are in sort of a, a slump uh, at this point, especially with being quarantined so much. So I think it might be a good book to kind of bust you out of a slump if you're there. But um, so again, that is The Housekeeper by Natalie Borelli. Awesome. Excellent day. <clears throat> and the lovely Miss Keith, master of the list. I always call her that because on Friday night, she's the one that keeps track of all of the books that we talk about. And she does such a fantastic job. Oh, thanks. Plus, like you're pretty it. awesome, you know, as well. So thank you. You're welcome. It's Keith Masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> No, keep stroking my ego. It's fine. Keep talking about how amazing I am. Add a little bit more frosting on that cake. I like lots and lots of frosting. So the book, I, I channeled Megan this week since she can't be here. And uh, the book I read is called They Both Die at the End 
by Adam Silvera. That does sound like a Megan book, doesn't it? (laughs) It it is a young adult uh, romancy kind of. It's not. There's a romance in it, but it's not the main driving force. But it is called They Both Die at the End. So let me just say, they both they die. They both end. die at the end. <laughs> no, because the whole book, I was like, they don't have to die at the end. They both die at the end, people. Spoiler. Oh. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's in the title. <laughs> so this is so in this book, it pretty much takes place now, except that there's this amazing, amazing service that exists that nobody really knows how or where it comes from but this all-knowing something can tell who's going to die that day so there's this big huge call center that then at 12 a.m they just start calling all the people that are going to die that day to tell them you are going to die at some point today what oh a way to what? ruin your day. God right? dang. So you get a phone call saying, okay, you better wrap wrap this shit up because you're done. That's exactly right. So Wouldn't somebody cool, calls though? you. No. It I think it'd be awesome because then you could say goodbye to everyone. Can and I, here is the big theme of the book, people. It's the whole book is kind of like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it? I mean, yeah, I, I still don't know how I feel about it, honestly. But so it's called can, Death Cast. You can clear and, out your browser history. Make sure your well, chin and, is blocked. <laughs> and make it, sure everybody has your passwords. Come on. Yes. Or not have your passwords. Exactly. Like, Sorry, go ahead. No, no. So, and Death Cast has a very distinctive ringtone to it. So when you hear it, like on your phone, you know who's calling and you know why. Oh, so everybody um, knows about this thing. Oh, yes. Everybody knows. It It actually fun, It um, makes all sorts of businesses because like, so kind of like there's an Instagram. They, people will wear GoPro cameras and they will just stream their entire day because they know they're going to die. And people will like blog about it. So they have all sorts of weird stuff like that um so it this book is mainly about two characters that of course have received the call today uh the first one his name is rufus uh he's 17 he is from cuba and he like nine months prior his entire family got the call except for him what a drag So his mother, so his father got the call and then they were like, put your mother on, I put your wife on. And then they were like, put your daughter on. (gasps) And he was standing there and he's the, so he knew the whole day he was the only one that was going to survive and they all die in a car crash and he manages to get out. Thanks for the Um, fucking downer there, Keith. (laughs) That sucks. So his whole family has died. He is in foster care. And in foster care, he has met two guys and they are so such close friends. I mean, they're like his brothers now. They are they are tight. They're like a crew. But he has already been having like a crappy day. His girlfriend, who also used to live in foster care with him, has just broken up with him. And he is in the process with his with his crew of beating up the new boyfriend. And the call comes through. 
and they're all like, oh, holy crap. Well, you got to stop what you're doing and answer the call. So what happens if you just don't answer the phone? I can't die you today. You still die. Just not going to answer the phone. <laughs> you still die. And Did they, they just tell you calling. how you're going to die? Oh, no, because they don't know. Oh. And people will ask and ask, but... Oh, that sucks, man. And I mean, they do talk about the poor call center employees that have to, like, say to, like, some woman that her four-year-old's going to die that day. Or, oh. I mean, so it's a really crappy job, that, too. <laughs> Why would you work there? It, they pay really, really well, I think they say. <sighs> um, But so Rufus is beating up his girlfriend's new boyfriend uh he stops and takes the call and he and his friends that ends it <laughs> they're done now and they all go back to the foster home and some of the things that um like you can have your own funeral when you find out you're gonna die so he goes to his foster parents who are really cool and the rest of his the people uh his foster brothers and sisters and they're in the midst of having his funeral when the new boyfriend has called the police and it reported him for assault oh geez he's gonna die mm. anyway so so the his, his two his two brothers basically see the police are coming and tell him to sneak out the back door and they create a diversion and basically they get arrested for assaulting the police officer oh, so he hides so Rufus hightails it out of there, but he's really bummed now because he didn't finish his funeral. He didn't get to say bye, really, to any of these people who are important in his life. And these two brothers he has, like, now they're in a holding cell and he's on the run from the police because he's wanted for assault. So he's alone now. And obviously and you don't know when like it's gonna be sometime before midnight basically that you die but you have no idea when Oof. so then our other main character his name is mateo and um mateo his mother has died a long time ago his father is currently in a coma Oof. um and he is alone he has a best friend named lydia who has a one-year-old daughter named penny um, he doesn't ever leave the house except to hang out with his friend Lydia. Um, he's always kind of been afraid, and he doesn't do a lot. Um, he's gay, and he's never come out to anyone. He's never had a kiss. He's never. Aww. He's not very affectionate with anyone. He has, and so in his own words, he has not lived. And he finds out that he's dying that day. And his best friend, uh, Lydia, okay, don't get, don't get mad at me because I didn't write this book. A week before she had her daughter, her fiance, who's the father of Penny, got the call. And he spent the entire day trying to get through to Lydia and trying to get to her and never did. Aww. So he died a week before his daughter was born and she didn't even get to say goodbye to him. Mm. He died trying to get home to her from somewhere so she is all traumatized by this and still heartbroken over this so Mateo is like I can't tell her because this will break her so he has nobody to spend the day with hmm. but luckily somebody has invented an app called last friend 
And what last friend does is it puts you in touch with, uh, with people who are going to die that day. So you can either be somebody who's going to live and decide to, you know, make a friend and spend the day with them because they're going to die or you can find another friend who's going to die. So, and that's how Mateo and Rufus meet each other because they both have nobody really to spend their last day with. And Mateo basically says to Rufus over text, he said on this app, he says, I have never had any kind of adventure. I very rarely go outside. I haven't done anything. And Rufus is like this kind of street smart kid. And he's like, I gotcha. Like, we're going to go have adventures and we're going to go tie up our loose ends. And we're so the whole book is about the two of them spending their last day together, having an adventure and not dying alone, basically. And of course they fall in love and then they both die. Jesus H. That sounds like a horribly it, sad book. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it is incredibly sad. I'm a crier anyway, but I've known about this book for probably like two years and I have not read it because everybody says it's like this heartbreaking story. I mean, it. I'm really glad I read it, but yeah, I, I bawled so much like I had headaches. I I was really set. My 11-year-old desperately wanted to read it, so I read it to see if she could. And I was like, you know how um, where the red fern grows ended and how upset you were at that book? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you can't read this book. It's a whole book years. of just that ending. It's death. Exactly. It's death and death. And, and then with a side of death. <laughs> and it's hard because – and it revolves around – I mean, they are not the only two people – that are going to die. So, I mean, their lives intertwine with all these other people who have also gotten the call and damn it's it, it, but it's a really, it was a really sweet book. It was a really awesome look at some poor kid who that was the one good part about learning. You're going to die that day is this poor kid. Like he's never really done anything. He's never like done anything very spontaneous or adventurous or he has very little friends and this forces him to kind of go outside of his box and live a little, which he wouldn't have done otherwise. But it's also really interesting because you're constantly, I mean, they're constantly like, okay, should Rufus rides his bike everywhere like he's like a bmxer and he rides and races and wins and stuff but you know mateo's afraid to ride a bike i mean because you're gonna die that day like what can you do that won't make you die well what <laughs> like, if what if riding the bike is what's gonna cause you to die exactly. i don't know <laughs> see it's and it's, that's i mean the whole book you're like every all the characters who have gotten the call are creeping out because so I mean, would you be, would you want to know? Because then the whole rest of the day you're walking on eggshells. But what if walking on eggshells is what causes you to die? Exactly. It's a fascinating look at, I, I, it was really thought provoking. Hmm. Um, 
it was really fantastic book, but it is super, super sad because mm-hmm. you just, you know that the ha- there are not any happy endings. I wrote in my review, there's not a happy ending, but you, it makes you happy that there's a happy middle. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because with some of these characters, there wouldn't have been happy middles before they found out they were going to die that day. I know, Rachel. It's very sad, <laughs> but it, it, it's amazing. It was a really good book. My heart hurts listening. I'm so incredibly sad listening to that. I I couldn't read that. I couldn't. And I I can handle a lot. That just <laughs> You're making Rachel cry. To my core, that <laughs> that is unbelievably painful. Well, I feel about. like I feel like I had to say the whole book. I was like, maybe they won't die. And <laughs> I read a hundred review and everybody on Goodreads is like, they die. Don't kid yourself. They die. And, and I was you're like, still maybe, like, they, maybe they won't. Maybe they, maybe something yeah. will happen. That's what I'd be thinking the whole time is like, this can't happen because then you love them and you're connected and then they die. And, and you know what? Even knowing it's still like, when it happens, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I can't read it again, but I'm really happy I read it the first time. Gee, that's high praise, isn't it? Ugh. <laughs> so tell us what the name of this disaster was so I can avoid it forever. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Thanks. At least he tells you what's coming. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Well, I mean, it is a good story, but jeez. And I feel like is... somebody needs to check on Adam. And <laughs> okay. The therapist just said that, Adam. Yeah. And can I say I something? Say, the last call so app. Clever. The last call app is perfect for somebody who has commitment issues. Who has what issues? Commitment <laughs> issues. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh my point. gosh. <laughs> In all seriousness, like they almost give up on the app because they get so many, they get people like that want them to leave the money and like, oh, there are all sorts of, so like, like a dating app, basically. I mean, some of the, some of the responses they get when they're just looking for people. Yeah. Make Mm. you sick about humanity, but, but then they find each other and it's sweet. I just had somebody not too long ago sent me a, a message on Instagram and they're like, hi, my name is such and such. And I'm like, do I know you? He's like, well, I thought you were somebody else, but we can be friends. And I'm <laughs> like, why would you want to be my friend? So I just texted him. I just messaged him back. I'm not going to send you money or any nude photos. Does that about cover it? And he said, yeah. And he unfriend and he unfollowed yeah, right. me. Oh my God. It doesn't always end up like that. Have you seen that story about the sweet young African-American man who like somebody, he texted his grandma and was like, Hey, can, can you like, can I come over for dinner? And it wasn't his grandmother, but the woman was like, Oh yeah, come over. I'm a grandma to somebody. You can be my grandson. That hardly ever happens. That's not the norm. That's not the normal. (laughs) No. It's sweet that it happens once in a while, but yeah, a lot of people are just out there. Yeah. catfishing and being assholes but mm. Martha right. I bet you don't have anything sad today uh not usually no this it has a little sad in it though I kind of went this book is not something I normally would have read 
Don't break me, Martha, because I'm on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Our therapist is going to need therapy. (laughs) I actually, um, this, this book was on my list because it was on a list. And a lot of people, it was one of those buzzy books. And mm-hmm. I wanted to see what it was all about because it made it to the, I, I had actually had it on my, uh, on hold and then I let it go. And then I saw it showed up on the Goodreads best books list. Oh. Then it didn't make it to the finals, but it should have because it was really excellent. It was called Deacon King Kong by James McBride. This was a really, like I said, so not something I would read. It took place in 1969 in the cause housing project of South Brooklyn. And I think the thing that drew me in most was the character names because they were cracking me up. And you know me, if, it, if there's some humor in there, I am totally loving it. So the main character's name is Sportcoat. That's what they call him. His name is Sportcoat. He's a bl- an older black gentleman who is, okay, he's a serious alcoholic. And he spends most of his time hanging around with his best buddy, Hot Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's an excellent stripper name. If you're hot Sausage. Nice. Hot Sausage. <laughs> And Hot Sausage works in maintenance, so he's always hanging out in the basement. And they sit down there and drink King Kong, which is hooch. Well, Sportcoat used to be a baseball coach, and he sort of, he had lost his wife recently, and he's just down on hard times, and he's been drinking an awful lot. And he's still kind of, he gets a little confused about the way things are. And he just, he fixates on this one black teen, this one black teenager who now spends most of his time on the corner selling drugs because he was such a fantastic pitcher and he wants him to get back on the baseball team. So he just goes on and on about it. Well, one day he goes to strolling out there to talk to this kid and he says, come on, I need you to pitch. I'm getting the team back together. And the, he, the guy tells him to get lost and he shoots him. Sport coach shoots him. Jesus. Well, he didn't really realize that he shot him because then in the next breath, he's basically trying to resuscitate him. Which to the neighborhood looks like he's humping him, but that's another story. <laughs> you um, shoot him and not realize you shot he, him. Well, because he's so drunk. Oh, jeez. Oh, and who, who knows why he's carrying this pistol around? Because he doesn't have ha- any hate in his heart. He's that's not him at all. We have really no idea why he did it. Well, he he shuffles off somewhere to hang out with hot sausage, and everybody's trying to hide him because this this kid is a drug dealer. And the people he works for are pissed off because he shot this guy. So a lot of the story is sort of, sort of um, revolving around that portion of it, of, of sport coat not giving a shit that they're trying to get him. And, uh, and Hot Sausage is trying to hide him. And in the meantime, you get to know the people in the neighborhood, which is really what makes this book fantastic. You get to know all the members of the, uh, what's it called? The Five Points Baptist Church. I don't remember what the exact name of it is, but similar to that. And 
he's a deacon in the church, which basically for him means um, he does odd jobs around the church. And he, he spends most of his time talking to his dead wife and wandering around the neighborhood and drinking hooch. That's what he does. And um, he's not trying to hide at all from this guy. So that's one of the underpinning things that's going on throughout this book. But there are other things that are going on, too. For example, all the people in the neighborhood get really excited about the Friday night cheese delivery. (laughs) Nobody knows where this cheese comes from. It's the white man's cheese, though. It's really fancy, expensive cheese. And for years, this cheese has been delivered by nobody knows who. They then, So they kind of think it's magical or something. They call it Jesus's cheese occasionally too, but nobody knows where it's coming from. It's a mystery. Well, the reason I really got hooked on this book is the mystery. There are mobsters involved. There's a mystery surrounding the church because it was built by Italian mobsters. And there's a whole other plot that goes on later in the book that makes it just absolutely wonderful. I probably would have given it four and three quarters stars um, because it was just so good. I mean, the, the story itself sucks you in, but the characters... And the way they behave is just, you just shake your head sometimes at the kind of stuff that they do and the the kind of stuff that they're going through. And it it was just something I I never would have picked up or read on my own without having sort of stumbled upon it on this list. But I'm really, really glad that I read it because it was an excellent book and the characters were just fabulous. It was sweet, it was sad, it was funny, it had all, just sort of ticked all the boxes for me. It was something so completely different from my life and completely different from my experiences that I just really enjoyed having a look at the journey of these characters. Plus, I love a good mystery and it really provided that as well. It was called Deacon King Kong by James McBride. I highly recommend this, by the way. Was that his debut novel? No, I thought it was. I don't know why I, I thought, thought it that. was, too, for some reason. Okay. I don't think so. We weren't making fun of your books. She said, no. after she said, shit didn't write your book, I said, no, he wrote yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very, exactly. He she's did pretty write upset. <laughs> I'm very she doesn't even read it. She's no, James about McBride's it. got a bunch of uh, of novels out there. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought. Um, I'm not sure why I thought either. I don't know. That's weird. But it, it was really excellent. This guy has got a gift of telling a story that because it was just so much like you were right there. The way the, the way he wrote the language, I listened to the audio, and I think that probably might have made a difference for me loving it as much as I did, because the voices of the characters were just came to life for me. Man, I gotta have a nickname like Hot Sausage one of these days. That's such a great <laughs> nickname. What is it with you and the books with the weird names? I don't, because I'm still thinking about that book from the tribe last I night. I know. I was talking about Jeez. a book book on the tribe last night, which was so bizarre. I, I can't even review it. 
What if we call you crispy bacon? <laughs> crispy, ba- crispy bacon? I, I, yeah. I kind of like crispy bacon. Who doesn't? It doesn't crispy. really define me, though, so. No. Uh, what does? I uh, have no idea. Oh, we'll call you salty bacon. Ooh. I am really salty. <laughs> <laughs> call her salty gravy. Yeah, gravy. God, I love gravy so much. I know. Really? I couldn't tell by that reaction. <laughs> mm, or something to do with pie. Pie. Oh, yes. Salty pie. pie. Oh, I don't know. No. I don't know. There are just too many foods that define me, so I guess I'll just have to stick with my name. How about instead of strawberry shortcake, you can be strawberry rhubarb? Ooh. <laughs> I'm feeling that one. I like it. Yeah. We're going to get into Martha territory where we can't remember anybody's names. And we're going to be like, what I know. I what? never remember the names of the characters of the books I read unless they're hilarious. <laughs> I just well, can't do awesome. it. But this, yeah. this hot sausage, hot sausage, ambiance. I know the book I read last, the book I was talking about on the tribe last night, it was called um, processed cheese. How do you get a name like sport coat? I mean, I well, get he, the reason sausage. he was called sport coat was because he dressed in this ratty old sport coat. Oh, OK. And, and it was sense. his signature piece. You know, well, there goes old sport coat. I thought it was because he was a coach. I kind of wondered that too. I almost asked, but but anyway, this the the name of this other one was processed cheese, and I I have to say it was up where the up there with one of the weirdest books I've ever read, and boy did the people on Goodreads hate it. Holy <laughs> crap! Really, they didn't oh like it. Oh my gosh, I didn't even look. It has a two point four eight. I have never seen yep. a rating that low. Yeah, like, pretty ever. much everyone hated it except me. Guess so. Well, I think it sounded like. That particular writer has written some really profound other things, and this did not fit the bill of what they thought he should write. But it is profound. It's one of those things that's so weird that that it is profound. I think maybe it was too profound for some of his usual readers. Yeah, yeah, they did not like it. Some people don't want to search for the meanings. No, they don't. I'm a searcher, though. You know I'm a searcher. Yeah. Yeah. So skip like that one if, and the if, great you're, if you're not, if you don't have any depth in you, skip the processed cheese because it was really <laughs> way too salty and way too many calories. <laughs> uh, and bring a notebook and take notes on the names. Cause yes, because no you will Julie. not be able, you will not be able to remember the names because the main characters' names in that book were graveyard and ambiance. That's just weird. Yes, it was very strange. And the bad guy's name was Mr. Menu. What? I think it was Mr. Menu. I thought you said it was Mr. Memo. No, I think it was Mr. Menu. Menu what or about Memo. Mr. Blister Pack. Mr. Blister. He was the hitman. Mr. Blister Pack. Yeah. That's my favorite name ever. That's a great I wanna name. I want to read the book. I want to read the book just because I want to read about Mr. Blister Pack. At what it, point do we draw the line of just throwing words together? And yeah, and I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes when you're dealing with speculative fiction, the people do all kinds of weird shit, right? Look at look at uh, the House of Leaves. I mean, what a hot mess just, that thing was. It was a I hot was just fucking say, mess. You really had to be dedicated to read that book all the way through. 
that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. That and there's some uh, there's some other book that's supposedly the most masterful piece of fiction. I wish to I wish to goodness I could remember the name of it. But people either love it and think it's the most profound literary work ever, or they think it is a Hot big old garbage. piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's all in the way you look at it and all in the way y- y- if you can get through the first part of it without, you know, throwing the book against the wall, yeah, then you start to get meaning out of it. And I think that's the, the difference between me as a reader and some of the other people that I've known. Sometimes you need to almost know what you're getting into. Like if you're just picking up a book because the cover looks cool. Like, I mean, it could be Da Vinci Code, which is, um, which is awesome for some things, but at the same, like, you don't want to read the Da Vinci Code when you're looking for Jane Eyre in your life at that moment. Yes, that's very true. You have to know what you're getting into. And this is definitely really controversial. Oh yeah. I didn't like Jane Eyre. Come on, Rachel. Didn't like it. My favorite book of all time. Nobody likes what Which is, is what? Wuthering Heights. See, I didn't like Wuthering Heights, and I did not like Pride and Prejudice, and I don't like pretty much anything like that, but I did like Jane Eyre. So yeah, I like go Jane figure Eyre that too. one out. I don't know. But I get why people don't like it. I mean, it, it's, it's not happy. It's very angsty. It's like... I'll tell you what else I read that I just... Ugh. I read The Bell Jar. I liked The Bell oh, Jar. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. No, I was like, stop whining. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but it was short, though. It was short, oh. though. That was the saving grace of that. I read book. that. that was it was just okay. Grace. I didn't... That was its only saving grace. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, That's we're, we're just so pissing a lot of people off at this To one. read, like, um, like, I love that Reese Witherspoon has a reading list and I love that like Jenna Bush Hager does that because I love that they're getting people into reading but every time they come out with lists it almost makes me not want to read the books on their list because so many people love it and then when I just think it's okay I feel kind of sad about myself a little bit you know who else has a book club and I was so excited to see it because Uh I feel like it is a (laughs) Honestly, it's it's a segment of the population, but also of youth, but even adults that isn't tapped into. Steph Curry has. I have no idea who that is. I'm so he's old. a he's a sports he person, is, isn't he? A sports. He is, he is an an amazing basketball player. Oh, okay, yeah. For the, for the oh, that's sports. Warrior. That's a sports yeah. guy. <laughs> And his name is Stephen Curry. He's, I mean, he's a phenomenal basketball player, but he he played for uh, Golden State Warriors. Okay. He has a book club. That that was very cool. I was so excited to see that. that Yes. More men who are in sports, that kind of thing. They need to have book clubs because then they show men that. That it's okay to read. Yeah. Yeah. There is a baseball player as well. And uh, his name escapes me, but he he does a lot of work she, with like right libraries there. or different things to try to like she, get his she can read see and other stuff. So I really like that when there's I do too. That's cool. It's like I have a legit book question for Vani that I think our listeners may have too. When, yeah. When is the follow up call for the completion of the evening and the morning? 
Well, I was kind of waiting for Megan to be here because Megan wants to read it. Okay. Gotcha. So I need to ask her, but I'm hoping in January. Yeah, it's definitely after Christmas. So you all have time to get on that. And but I don't it. think Megan's even started it yet. No. Well, well I'll just if she doesn't for... finish it, then oh well. You're going to have to. I mean, I can't wait too long. We yeah. already. I'll say this for any of the listeners who are trying to decide if they want to read it. Read um, it. Yeah, you still have enough time and can join the call. I haven't finished it yet. Um, and it's not my normal genre that I am, you know, would read. And I absolutely am loving it. I'm on page 300 and it is phenomenal. So if you're not sure if you would like it, it ticks so many boxes of different things. I would encourage people to check it out. If you're not sure, check just Check it out at the library and see. There is not one single person that we have heard of that has not liked this book so far. Not one. It is a yeah. big book, but it does not read like a big book because he does not, he, there's always something happening. It's not just a bunch of like, oh, well, explain this and we'll explain that and then we'll describe this in great detail. No, stuff is happening. There's so many stories inside the story mm -hmm. that that it you it just there's so many things going on that you have to have, have a book that big to you know be able to tell the story for all of those different people otherwise it would be a set of like 12 books right well the thing that surprises me is with all those storylines going on it's not confusing and no. they're all starting to tie together it's yeah there has not mm -hmm. been a lag at all and normally if i was at 300 pages in a book and had like three or four hundred to go i'd be like oh my god i'm like i never want this to end because i i mean i'm just almost to the middle and it's great it doesn't lag it's it doesn't have unnecessary information like i feel like i've discovered something that tons of people have known you know since he started writing like what probably before i was born yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. It's so good. I look forward to coming home and reading it. I just, I, I'm loving it. All of his pillar books are like that. Actually, his um, Fall of Giant series is like that too, where it's a bunch of different stories that come together and they all intertwine in some way. And I just, I love it. It's just fascinating to me. I just, I fall into this, this Ken Follett shaped hole. <laughs> black hole and I and I miss the characters when I'm done I'm like I want to know like when I read the first uh, the first sequel to Pillars of the Earth after I read Pillars of the Earth I was actually I actually put it down and didn't pick it back up for a week because I was mad because <laughs> I didn't know what happened to the characters from the first book because it, it happens 300 years after the first book's written uh -huh. like the timeline in it so, I mean, it, it references the other characters, but it never, you don't know what happens to the other characters. Like, like, I mean, it, it wraps it up in the book. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about that, but yeah. I want to know what happened to Jack and Tom and the first book, but it's yeah. not, it's way past, you know, their time. I guess you better get busy on Shona's present because time is ticking. I know I'll have to tickety talk. Shona's the Shona's are coming. The Shona's are coming. The Shona's are coming. I just don't know if I know the Shona's <laughs> well enough to to make them a penis warmer. 
Okay, so what could you make that doesn't involve a penis? Oh, I'll find something. This is difficult. I'll find something Christmas. So many things involved. How about penis? just an inappropriate pot holder? <laughs> I mean, they make pillows and different things that say fuck off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but those would take a long time. <laughs> We'll find something for them. It's going to be a fun weekend, though. And, of course, as a listener, you get the uh-huh. you get the um, privilege of listening to the audio of the weekend. We're probably going to gonna so have... Insane. I know. We're going to have a couple of weeks of really bizarre podcasts for you coming <laughs> up. It's going to be so much fun. And our end of the year podcast is coming up as well. So our best books of the year will be discussed um, just before the first. And the 27th. Some of you are going to have the a hard time with is, that. The 27th is when it'll air. So. I'm pretty sure that's the... Well, that might be Saturday. The 28th might be mm-hmm. Sunday. It's either, well, anyway, it'll run. The weekend of the 27th. Yeah. So. You guys have had a lot of books that you guys have liked this year. That's going to be difficult. I for know. Some. I don't know. I'm going to have to I look know. at my list. I've already started culling and it's really, really hard. Here are the 20 best books I've read. I know. But it's because of quarantine. <laughs> it's like I've read so many more books than I did last right? year. I can't yeah. think of a real standout book other than Ken Follett because, I mean, it's well, Ken Follett. I was going to say. I thought I had my number one, and then Vonnie went and fucked that all up. <laughs> yeah, You're welcome, what the heck, Vonnie. You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like, yeah, yeah, Vonnie, the book ruiner of the world. Yep. I'm going to change all y'all to my way of thinking. All y'all. You hear she said that. She's, <laughs> she's got the Southern woman in a can over here. It's all y'all. It's not just Vonnie. I don't know. Martha's Martha's buddy read back in the back a couple months oh back. Oh, my God. Kind of screwed up mine, too. Yep. Yep. I think the Sparrow's got to be somewhere on my list. Yep. Thanks a lot, Martha. Sure. No, actually. You Sorry, have to- Rachel. None of your books are making the cut. I know, <laughs> kind of all been duds. <laughs> I really can't think of anything other than that Ken Follett book that I've read that I've really loved this year. Well, you need to look back because you got to choose at least a few. I mean, Midnight Sun, but that's just going to make your eyes roll until you... Ooh. And Martha's like out. Sprain your brain. <laughs> I think I already <laughs> sprained my brain at that last one. I just discovered... Especially with you and Megan in the room at the same time. Holy Oh, dear crap. God, yeah. Well, one person's trash is another person's treasure, Keith. That's Just what, about all of my, all of uh, my stuff is trash. That's what we're all about here on Three Book Girls: <laughs> some good books, some trashy books, and all the ones in between. Like dinosaur porn. That is my trash and my treasure. We do hey. like some trashy books. We do like trash some trashy books. I knew that Keith had to mention that at least once today. Uh huh. I mean, sort of like your signature piece now. The trash, trashy books. Yeah. The dinosaur dinosaur porn. Dinosaur porn. Dinosaur porn. porn. (laughs) I'm going to have a theme song. Can you sing some more? Because you can sing us out because I think that's got to do it. How does the dinosaur train song go? Dinosaur porn. Dinosaur porn. And on that note. Keep singing. (laughs) That's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls.
Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.